0: I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
1: From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Tarzan and the Stranger. Perhaps only those who have visited a native African
2: village during the long rainy season can picture the crawl of the Punya tribe. It had rained on and off for months. Great stagnant pools of water were everywhere. Moldy rubble was piled high behind each hut. And the few natives who were outdoors wore clothing of hides that were mildewed and sodden. And yet, inside the hut where Tarzan towered above Torgo, the small native boy, was almost like a son to him, it was comparatively comfortable. A bright moto burned in the fireplace, and in the past few hours Tarzan had managed to make the place reasonably clean.
3: Now he may not smell like home.
2: Well, thank heavens for that. How Mama Nagama could go away and leave your hut in this condition is more than I can understand.
3: She leave in hurry when messenger come from Kaiora tribe. Mama Nagama's sister's much sick. Well,
2: if her sister keeps house like Mama Nagama, it's no wonder.
3: Mama Magana say wash dirt away and leave space for demons.
2: Well, if that's the truth, we're going to leave a little room for the demons on your body, Torgo. We're finished house cleaning now, and you're next.
3: Tarzan, what would you do with the brush? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm going to scrub the top two layers from you anyway
4: No, no, Tarzan, not bring demons on tour.
2: I was teasing There are no demons If there were, they'd not be attracted by cleanliness There we go
5: No, scrub brush, good
2: <clears throat> oh, I'm almost finished no. I, Just stop squirming around It won't hurt so much
5: No, Tarzan
2: <laughs> Now I'll dry you off
4: Torgo feels
2: funny. I'll try not to stay away so long next time. When you're with me, you, you wash regularly. Now then, you're nice and dry. Slip into your panther skin and we'll see how much good these can do.
5: What's
4: those?
2: These represent two leopard skins, Torgo. I traded them at an army post near Elbow Day. This is a tube of toothpaste and this is a toothbrush.
4: What's they for?
2: To clean your teeth. Teeth? Your men know. You put the toothpaste on the brush. Like this. And then. Uh, hey, Torgo, come back here.
4: Not to it, Pastor. No, Torgo, not do it. I don't do it, son. No,
5: no, no. Oh. oh.
2: There he is. Clambering up that tree like Manu the monkey. Torgo! You think I'm following you up that tree? You're very much mistaken. I brought these things back from Elbow Day just for you. your actions make me very angry. I traded two leopard skins. Come quick, cousin. Come into jungle, quick, hurry. Nia, what's the matter? Nia just come from wood, by great rock. White men lie in pool water. Horto wild boar, gore him to death. Torgo was forgotten now as Tarzan sped through the jungle, swinging through space on strong trailing vines. The clearing by the great rock was far ahead, but he could see the fetid pool there and a sprawled figure at its edge. The man was alive, but he made no move to escape from the hideous king boar, who was making experimental thrusts with its razor sharp tusks. Sure at last that its victim was helpless, the wild boar prepared for the kill. Its bewhiskered lower jaw dropped as it uttered a savage cry. The tusks aimed downward at the helpless man. The boar started its savage charge, but the fatal lunge was never completed, for a huge figure had landed on the boar's scaly back, and a sharp knife was piercing its thick, mud cake (laughs) hide. You... You had a narrow escape. Uh, huh? You look completely exhausted. Perhaps I best carry you, huh? No. No, just go away. Go away and... And leave me here. To die in that foul pool of water? I... I, I can get up. I'll be all right. Your clothes are those of the city. It's clear you're unused to the dangers of the jungle. Oh, yes. So, through and through, let me carry you to the Punya village. Huh? Uh, no. No, I won't go to a native village. I shall not ask you why, nor shall I insist on taking you where you do not want to go. You're not quite up to an argument at the moment. Yes, I, I guess that's right. I, I'll be all right, thanks. I, I mean for saving me from the boar. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> when I said I would not insist on taking you to the village, I I did not mean I intended to leave you here to die.
5: Well,
2: what then? I shall carry you to my seacoast cabin. When you're well, I shall find out what you're doing in the jungle alone, why you made no move to protect yourself from that boar. And Why, you fear to enter a native village. A short message, and then we shall return to our exciting story of Tarzan. Several days had passed, and now the strange young man Tarzan had saved from the wild boar and brought back to his cabin had begun to recover from his wounds, his exhaustion, and the exposure to the elements. He had not recovered from the mental illness that had kept him from offering any defense to the boar's attack, and Tarzan was resolved to find the answer to his strange behavior. Well, it's good to see you eating solid food for a change. Now, a piece of meat? Thank you, Tarzan. It's very good. Where in the world did you get fresh ham in this wilderness? Oh. oh. Well, there are always sources of food in the jungle. You ran around at the corner of a butcher shop, I suppose. <laughs> well, it's good to see that your sense of humor has returned. I guess I have to have a sense of humor in order to sit down to eat the wild boar that intended to eat me. <laughs> that is what I've been eating, isn't it? Yes, of course. You see, I, I kill only to save my life or another's or for food. Had I not gone back for the boar's carcass, I would have had to take another animal's life to supply our table, and, and lives are not meant to be wasted. I suppose that was directed at me. Yes, it was. I guess after all you've done for me, you deserve to know why I was apparently tossing my life away. I've been hoping you'd tell me. I don't even know your name. Kentner. Dr. Clement Kentner. My friends always call me Dr. Kenny. Dr. Kenny, you're a doctor. Huh? I never practiced medicine. I just graduated from medical school a little over a year ago and started out doing research work. In the States?
1: Yes, in the good old United States, where a research man can starve to death on his own or earn a comfortable living working for a firm that makes shaving lotion or toothpaste. (laughs) 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 Toothpaste. Pardon me
2: for laughing. It reminded me of a small friend of mine who's not fond of toothpaste or soap. It reminds me of a girl. A girl who thought that if I had to play around with test tubes, it should be for a cosmetic company or a pharmaceutical firm. Oh, there's good money in that. But your interest is in science, so you broke with the girl, huh? I came to Africa where I thought there was a real job to be done. I was sure Laura would follow me when she was convinced I was in earnest. And she didn't? At first I gathered from her letters
1: that she might come. It gave me the courage to plunge into my work. I spent months in squalid native villages, tracing diseases, trying to find cures. Well, I'm through
2: trying to do natives any good against their will. I was practically driven out of the last native village for trying to destroy a native witch doctor's cure for epilepsy. It was a foul mixture that would have killed a patient. Yes, I know, I know. Yet I cannot believe that it was the natives' actions alone that disillusioned you. You're right, it was Laura. The natives forced me to leave their village. I I went back to Portobello. That's where I made my headquarters. There was a letter waiting there for me. Laura had decided not to brave Africa. Huh? And a life of poverty and hardships. I don't know what happened to me. I, I'd been at my desk when I opened the letter. I, I put it down and then I walked out the door. I kept walking and thinking. The town isn't very large. Yes, I know. I've Pretty been soon to soon I was out of the city. It was raining, but I, I didn't even know it then. I just kept walking I wasn't even aware of it when I passed from the outskirts of the city to the jungle. Night came, and then morning, but I, I still kept on as though I were in a great fog that blotted out the past and in the future. You walked from Porto Bello to where I found you? I guess I must have. Rain
1: made everything slippery and soggy. I, I grew weaker. Finally, I fell in that pool where you found me. I had no reason to want to get up, even when the
2: boar attacked me. But? You are better now. You go back to Portobello and and you'll begin your work again. I'll never enter another native village as long as I live. I'll never practice medicine again. And I won't even write to Laura. Well, that ties up all the loose ends. At least you're not a man who
5: Parsons! Open door! Let me in!
2: Who's that? That's the native who found you when you were dying.
5: Open door! Quick!
2: I'm opening the door! Come in, come in. Close the door before we're washed away by the rain. Tarzan, in great trouble. Nia ran all the way here. You run everywhere you go, and you're always filled with such excitement. I admit, the last time you came running, Dr. Kenny here was in danger, but certainly two such emergencies aren't apt to occur when the. There that is time. another emergency. Tarzan, no and nagama, went to Ganzwa, Umba of Kaiora tribe. Torgo's mother went to visit his sick sister, yes. Now come messenger from Kaiora tribe, half village sick, Black demons rule crawl. Umboo dies. Some sort of an epidemic. Malaria or even cholera for him. Mama Nagama's sister's dead. She was little more than a child. Mama Nagama guns walk too. She thinks she dies soon. Send messenger. Tell Tarzan bring Torgo village Kayora people, so Mama Nagama see Torgo before she go, land of spirit. You can't take a child into a village suffering from an epidemic? What should we do, Doctor? Where is this native village? About two days' travel from Portobello, north of there. Days' travel from here? Maybe even less by the upper level. Of course, Torgo cannot travel as quickly as I can. I said you're not taking a child into an infection zone. Let him remain where he is. All right, Doctor. Nia. Yes, Doctor? Keep the messenger away from the others. Wash everything he's touched. You understand? Up to you. Tarzan, gather your things together. We're leaving for the Ciorra village at once. But I thought you would never again practice medicine. Or enter a native village. In times of an epidemic, a doctor has no will of his own. Now, let's not spend time talking about me. We have things to do. All through the night,
6: Tarzan and Dr. Kenny sped through the torrential rains of
2: the jungle. At times, they trudged wearily through the heavy rain-soaked grass. At times, Tarzan half-carried the doctor along the upper level of jungle growth but never for a moment did they stop to rest. Perhaps the threat of an epidemic was groundless, but if the fear was based in reality, measures to isolate those infected must be taken at once. At last, the village was reached. Tarzan and Dr. Kenny had heard no drums, but their coming had been announced in some strange way, known only to those of the jungle. The natives of Kayora crowded about as the two men passed within
1: the boma of the kraal. Where are those who are
4: sick? Kanjo Yes,
2: we know there are many sick. Where are they? Wapi, Kote kote, What does he say? He says there are sick people everywhere.
4: And
2: The woman says they're in every hut. Oh, great. Now we have to start with one of them. Find out where the mother of your young friend is. Mama Nagama Kiko Wapi. Papa. Oh, she's in this first hut. Now I'll go in and examine her. Try to keep the rest of them outside. It's tough enough trying to make an examination in one of these filthy hovels without having every native in the village crowd in. Well, I'll keep them out. I have no instruments, but I may be able to get some. How long since this sickness started? Last full moon was no sickness. The sister of Mama Nagama was the first to fall ill? Not first. First was young man work home of big water. A native who works at the port? Nidio. Work
6: Portobello. He's sick, so come home die soon.
2: He might have brought a disease from there, and spread the infection here. Not, no. <laughs> please, please don't grab at my arms. I'll see everyone who is sick before I leave. Please, I must speak to Tarzan. Well, what is it? Have you examined Mama Nagama, Dr. Kenny? Yes, and I gave a cursory examination to two or three others. It's even worse than we guessed. Worse? Well, what's wrong with Mama Nagama and the others? The
1: disease is known by many names. Black pestilence, black death, bubonic plague, Unless we can work some miracle, it can spread over the entire continent.
2: We'll return to our exciting story in just a moment.
5: Behold, my colossus.
3: Ooh, you do something right here, huh it's the
0: Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! With an exclusive Loot on surprises and deliver to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX
3: collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! Through the Loot Gaming video game box!
0: Woohoo! hoo Loot Crate loot box!
5: What's with
0: today, huh? Rouses! With cuts starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are packs just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X-Media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate! it! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
1: From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle.
5: Those who are sick have
2: promised to remain in the north part of the village, Dr. Kenny. Well, isolating those we know have the disease may help some. What's the next step? It must be impressed on the natives that no one must leave the village. The epidemic must not be carried to other tribes. Yes, I've already told them that. You mentioned it before. Oh, yes, I'd forgotten. And now? I've made out a complete list of the things I need from Portobello. But, of course, if they're experiencing the plague there, they may not be willing to part with the anti-plague vaccine and the other supplies that we need. Is there, is there any place else I could go? No. Unless we can get it there, we're sunk. There won't be time for you to travel further. Well, if time's important, I'd better leave now. Of course, I'm probably sticking my chin out again. Even if you get the vaccine, there's no guarantee the natives will let me inoculate them. Well, I have some influence with them, and if I tell them that this vaccine is the only known cure... That's just it. You can't tell them anything of the sort. It isn't a cure. It's a preventative for those who haven't already contracted the disease. And those who have? In some cases, we may be able to save them if we're lucky. It's always a long gamble. Of course, none of the medication will do any good if the village isn't cleaned up. You mean the rats? Uh, They're usually responsible for its introduction. Heaven knows there are plenty of them here. The disease is actually spread by their ectoparasites. Ectoparasites? Fleas. If we're to get rid of the rats and the fleas,
1: I'll have to have the cooperation of every able-bodied man, woman, and child in the village.
2: I can direct their war against the pestilence, but I can't defeat the Black Death single handed. You shall have help. I promise you. I'll get every member of the tribe to follow your orders. And I will travel to Porto Bello and and return as fast as my legs will carry me. Oh, thank heavens you're able to let me have the vaccine, doctor. Well, I'm not a doctor, I'm an orderly. We had three doctors at Portobello and Dr. Kenny's in the interior. Dr. Ferrar died of the plague three days ago. And Dr. Kurtz is down on the waterfront working himself to death now. I see. Well, I've got to get back to the Cayora village. Will you have the package ready soon? Well, they're getting the supplies together for you as fast as they can. You know, we're pretty short handed. Those the plague hasn't taken are busy fighting. Yes, yes, I can imagine. They're burning the grain elevators and the wharves today. If we can just get the upper hand on the rats. Well, could I help get the supplies ready? Well, you'd only be in the way. Just relax for a second or two. Oh, uh, by the way, as long as you have to wait, well, you might take a minute to talk to that girl out in the hall. Girl? I thought you might have noticed her on your way in. She's a good-looking girl. (laughs) I'm afraid I have little time today even for good-looking girls. Oh, you don't understand. You see, she's been sitting out there in the hall for three days. Came to see Dr. Kenny. I told her he wasn't here. But she just keeps sitting there. Well, if she wouldn't take your word for it. Well, you could tell her you just left him or something. That he's all tied up there in that native village. Why a nice girl wants to leave a place like the States to come to this crazy country is more than I can figure out. From the States? Hey, Miss. Yes? Come in here a minute,
4: will you? Yes, of course.
2: Hey, there's a fellow here just left Doc Kenny in the interior. Oh, you wanted to send some sort of a
4: message. Oh, yes, I do, I do. You've just left Dr. Kenny? Yes,
2: he's in a small native village about three days' march from here. He's fighting the plague.
4: And he's doing the work he's always wanted to do. How... how is he?
2: He was fine when I left him, Laura.
4: You know my name.
2: Yes, Dr. Kenny spoke often of you. But I'm surprised to find you in Africa.
4: I suppose he told you I wasn't coming here. I've been afraid of Africa. I thought that if I wrote that I wouldn't come here, he'd return home. <laughs> Didn't answer my letter.
2: He was terribly hurt and disillusioned by your letter.
4: I knew afterwards that I'd done wrong. I caught the next boat. Take me to him if you're going back.
2: It's quite impossible to take you there. It's bad enough here.
4: I know. I saw them dying like flies on the wharves when I arrived. But but maybe there's something I can do to help. I'm not a nurse, but I...
2: Good. I'm sorry, Laura, but I I can't take you with me. I must travel as fast as I can in order to get... What's wrong? I,
4: I don't know. My head. Suddenly everything went swimming. And now my aches. Oh, it's splitting.
2: The orderly said you've been waiting here for days. Have you eaten lately?
4: Yes. I, I make, them, make them turn that, that light out. It's blinding That's me. It's only a very small
2: light. Perhaps... The...
4: Oh. Uh, uh,
2: orderly! Orderly, she's very sick. Can you get a doctor? I told you there's only one doctor in town and he's busy fighting the plague. Well, I wouldn't even know where to find him. But we have to do something for her. We can't do her any good. I'm not a doctor, but I know the symptoms. She's got the bubonic plague. Tarzan sped through the jungle as fast as his powerful legs would carry him. Now his thoughts were divided between concern for the natives and worry over the girl who had crossed half the world to be with Dr. Kenny. He was hardly aware of a sudden change of weather that is characteristic of the equatorial countries. The rain had stopped and the sun shone bright and hot. He was aware at once, however, of the change that had taken place in the village of the Ciora as he passed within the Boma. It had been scrubbed as clean as a Dutch town, and the natives stood in a long line before a whitewashed shack.
4: Jumbo, Carson. Doctor, wait in shack. Hurry. Of
2: course. Dr. Kenny? You made good time, Carson. Bring the package over here. Good, I'll take my bag. What you've done in this village is miraculous, Doctor. What these people have done is miraculous. I've never seen people work as they have. There is isn't no a rat left in this village. Now that we have the vaccine... Ah, that's it. It looks as though we'll have enough. Dr. Kenny, before you start with... Say whatever you're going to say. I had them line up an hour ago. They told me you were coming. Yes, they know these things. But it is important hand that I... that roll to... of cotton. Oh, here. You, step up. Go first. I'm Tarzan, watch what I do. I want you to use the cotton soaked with alcohol, like this. Mm. There. will save me time. Yeah, of course. Here, I, I, I can reach the bottles of vaccine for you. No, no, don't pull the rubber stopper out. My needle draws out the vaccine through the stopper. See? Like that. Now then, your arm, please. Will hurt? A little. Steady now. All right. Next, Dr. Kenny, I must say something. Rub this child's arm with alcohol the way you saw me do it. All right. <laughs> Dr. Kenny, your Laura is in Portobello. Laura and Portobello? Yes, she arrived a few days ago when the plague was at its worst. She's been waiting there for you to tell you that she knew she was wrong, that she does love you, and that she's here to stay. Oh, how wonderful. All right, that takes care of you. Next. I spoke with her. But just when she was begging me to bring her back here to help you, she fell sick. Laura? Sick? Not the plague.
5: Uh,
2: oh, I'm sorry. I jabbed you so hard. Uh, next. You want leaving her now? You want hurrying back to Laura? I want to, Tarzan... I want to more than I have ever wanted anything in my life. But I've started something. The people here have done everything I've asked. They're beginning to look at me... Uh, ...a little as they look at you. With confidence. With love. I can't leave them now. Not even for Laura. You're a strange and wonderful man, Dr. Kenny. I'm a doctor. With this hot sun, I, I may be able to turn the path of an epidemic. Cleanliness and sun and dry heat... They can do more than any medicine in the world. All right, next. Come on, hurry up here. Uh, Dr. Kenny won't hurt you. Here, let me clean your arm, friend. Uh, there's just one thing I'm worried about. What's that? Uh, Mama Nagama left the village. She was well on the road to recovery when she just disappeared. I hope she
1: hasn't carried the plague to some other section of the country.
5: Must oh, did the she tazen. know she was getting better? Must get through.
1: No, she still insisted that she was going to die.
5: Tarzan! Tarzan! Near
2: Nia! What are you doing here? Run from village for new people. Mama Naganya come home. Say she see Torgo before she die. And did she die? No. Mama Naganya better. Now Torgo's sick. Torgo. Uh, Dr. Kenny, we must go to La Punya village at once. and I I know how you love the little native boy. But I must complete my work here first. There are hundreds in jeopardy in this village. Torgo is but one life. Even as... Even as Laura. <laughs>
1: Uh, how much further to the Punya village, Nia? i uh, reach soon. You drive plague from Punya village. I hope I'm as lucky there as
2: I was in the Ciora village. And I hope Torgo has not succumbed. What's that? It's Tarzan cried. He let us know he'd come to meet us. Maybe that means Torgo is worse. He's come to tell us. Oh, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, Tarzan. How is is Laura? Did you get... Laura is well on the way to recovery. And the plague has been arrested in Portobello. And it never existed in the Punya village. Apparently, Mama Nagama was better by the time she arrived home. But Torgo's illness. Uh, I left him when I went to save you from the wild boar. He thought my failure to return meant that I was angry with him. He got sick when he attempted to put himself back in my good graces by eating half a tube of toothpaste. In just a moment, a few words about our next story of Tarzan. Even today, the custom still exists. The barbaric practice still holds sway. For in many sections of Africa, a girl child is considered worthless. Good only for the marriage price she can bring when she has reached the age of nine or ten. In our next story, Tarzan attempts to halt the marriage purchase of a
1: blue-eyed child and brings down upon his head Arab vengeance. (laughs) Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production.
0: Into Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media.
1: From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence... ...comes one of the most colorful figures of all time... ...transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs... ...Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle... ...and now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs... ...the story of Arab vengeance. Although the Boers, who are of Dutch
2: ancestry... ...have done much to develop Africa... The flag of Holland has never flown over any large segment of the dark continent. Today, Africa is divided into many states, ruled by the British, the French, the Belgians, the Spanish, the Egyptians. And only in the tiny province of Grutendal does a Dutch magistrate sit in judgment of the people. It was in the Grutendal courtroom that Tarzan had just completed his testimony concerning a minor dispute between two natives. Usually, when Tarzan had completed such a duty, he rushed from a courtroom, anxious to return to his jungle home. But now he remained, fascinated by the principles in the next case. Johan. Yes, Tarzan. That angry Arab, the one advancing toward the bench, isn't he Sheikh Abdul-el-Milikir? Yes, the
6: one who is known as the terror of the desert. What brings him to Grutendal? I don't know, but our three police officers dragged him into court. He was involved in some sort of a dispute in the Arab quarter of the town.
2: And that little girl, what is her connection with the case? Oh, I don't know. But
6: she looks scared to death.
2: Yes, that's what I was thinking. The Muslim veil that covers the lower portion of her face does not conceal her terror.
6: We have a great problem with Arabs here. There isn't Dutch rule. The
2: child has the dark skin of the Arab, and she's dressed in Arab robes, but she has blue eyes. The bluest eyes I've ever seen. There has been much intermarriage. She's a fragile looking little thing. She probably hasn't had enough to eat. How old do you suppose she is? Oh, nine or ten, I guess.
1: Here comes the magistrate. Courtroom. The court is now in session. Magistrate Hans von Bort presiding
2: and offering a fair hearing to all who will appear before him. So be it. The next case, Administrator of Justice.
6: It is the case involving Sheikh Abdul al Melikur and the townsman by the name of Kasim el Shehabi.
2: And well might Kasim El Shehabi be called before the Bar of Justice for the indignity he has caused me to suffer.
6: He will give his just
2: deserts,
5: even in a Dutch court.
2: Sheikh Abdul al Melikur. Your reputation as a fearful marauder of the desert is well known, even in our tiny province of Grutendor. But we will not stand for any disrespect of this court or the government it represents. Hey, I apologize most humbly, Your Honor. The truth of the matter is that I am an honorable man. My anger is caused by the dishonesty of one I bargained with in good faith. You refer to Cassim? By Allah, it is to Cassim that I do refer. The the thief. In what manner did Cassim cheat you? I bought his daughter from him for twenty pieces of silver. I desired her for my bride, and he had agreed to the price. Yet when I came to take her from his house, she bit and scratched and kicked me. Kasim did nothing to help me subdue her.
6: You needed help?
2: There was a crowd of a hundred of your citizens outside the house. They stoned my servants.
6: They cut the thongs that tethered my steed, so that he ran away, and they dared to threaten my life. Is this true, Kasim? Yes, Your Honor. You see, my neighbors did not approve of the sale of my daughter... But I gave my word. I have already spent the silver he paid me for the girl. I shall have to deliver her to him.
4: Oh, no, Father. Please don't deliver me into his hands. Please, please,
5: please. Order. Order.
2: Kasim, Shikha, uh, you mean this small child is the one you discussed? But she's hardly more than a baby. She is of marriageable age according to the customs of our people. And regardless of the findings of this court, I intend to have her as my bride.
6: Johan, we have to do something to protect that child. This case does not concern you, Tarzan. And besides, I doubt that there is anything you can do to thwart the will of Sheikh Abdul el Maliker. He rules hundreds of fierce Bedouins. And the only laws he obeys are those he makes himself.
2: We shall return to our story in just a moment. Tarzan and Johann Brinker, the administrator of justice for Grutendahl, and Long Tarzan's friend, stood in the street just outside the courthouse A short recess had been called, and people stood in small groups, angrily discussing the pros and cons of the case with every passing moment, more people seemed to crowd into the small cobblestone square in front of the sun building. There were natives carrying heavy loads upon their heads. Local merchants, who were plainly of Dutch extraction, bearded Arabs who tethered their horses near where
6: Tarzan and Johann stood talking. Where are they all coming from? I don't know. I thought the courtroom already held the entire population of the city.
2: I don't like the looks of all these Arabs. Uh, they are a fierce-looking crowd. Well, you're the administrator of justice. Can't you question their business
6: here? You don't understand. We are sitting on a keg of dynamite. There are perhaps a hundred Dutch in the city. There are twice that number of Arabs and three times that number of natives. If I started to interrogate those who have committed no obvious crime, I would jeopardize our entire position here. I see. Uh, Well, it's time for the case to resume. Tarzan, I'd advise you to return to the chunker. Believe me, I mean no disrespect when I tell you that this case of the barter child does not
2: concern you. Anything that disturbs my heart and my mind concerns me. I shall return to the courtroom with you.
6: For walking to the front of the courtroom. Come, my child. We must face the magistrate again.
4: He will not say that I have to go
5: with the sheep. He must not say that. He must not.
2: Order!
5: Order in
6: the courtroom. Court is now in session. Magistrate Hans von Bock presiding and offering a of fair hearing to all who appear before him.
2: So be it. Sheikh Abdul El Melekir, please step up here. You too, little one. I come before you once again, Your Honor, but my patience is nearing its end. How much longer must I waste in this miserable city? I have paid for the girl, and she is mine. That remains to be seen. During the recess, I made inquiries concerning the child. No one knows much of her since you are apparently newcomers here.
6: Is that correct, Cassim? It is true, Your Honor. We come from distant lands. How old is your daughter? She is... She is 16. 16? She looks hardly half that age... My dear, answer me truthfully. How old are you?
4: One, one must do as one's father commands.
6: One must do as the court commands. It is the law. Disregard any instructions your father has given you where it concerns a lie. Tell me your age.
4: I'm 11.
2: Cassim, had we the facilities, I would make this child a ward of the court. Unfortunately, we have no s- such facilities. You are well aware that according to Dutch law, a girl cannot be given in marriage until she is 16. I order you to return the money to the sheikh and call off this
6: unholy marriage arrangement.
2: Even had Kasim not used the money for drink, I would not accept the money back. Leave me the bargain. I have bought a bribe. I will not be denied. The court's decision has been reached. Cassim, take the girl home and guard her well. Next case. Your Honor! How can you do this thing? What? How can you tell this weak-livered man who would sell his own daughter for 20 pieces of silver to take her home and guard her well? Tarzan, what is your connection with this case? Until a moment ago, I was but a spectator, but your decision forces me to step forward. Certainly you know that the sheik who has terrorized a dozen communities in the past will not accept your decision. It is the duty of the administrator of justice and of the police to enforce the law. Your administrator of justice is both kind and brave, but neither he nor your three policemen can be expected to impose your laws on the man who was sworn to take this child as his bride. Do you honestly believe your men stand a chance? I can answer that question. (laughs) Three police against the terror of the desert? And his faithful followers? <laughs> yes, I can answer that question. You see? The last time a crowd of angry townspeople defended the child. The next time our noble sheik will bring enough horsemen to ride them down. He said as much. My only duty is to interpret the law. What more can I do? What more can you do? You call yourself civilized? I have known tribes of apes with more feelings. Now, see here. I have seen a monkey die from the cruel fangs of the leopard protecting a young one that belonged to another. I have seen a lioness brave death beneath the hooves of an elephant in order to save an orphan cub. What more can you do? We can do nothing, nor can you, Tarzan. My men surround the courthouse. I had hoped for a more peaceful settlement. But since you forced my hand, I will take my bride in
6: my own way. Come, my little
4: one. No, no, I won't go with you. You are no. my
6: treasured bride. No. I am about to ride with you to my home in the desert. Please.
5: Do not no. drink
6: from me. I
2: warn you, no. I will not let you take her. You warn the terror of the desert. Come, my little flower.
5: No, don't touch me. I'll touch you if
6: I like your mind. More than for me. Don't touch that child. Men, men of the desert. Ride into the courtroom and deliver your chicken and his bride from the hands of the infinite. Save
5: me! Charter! Save me!
2: <laughs> Room plunged a score of Bedouin warriors astride fine Arabian steeds. Their scimitars described great arcs, causing spectators, police, and witnesses to draw back in panic. And as people milled in hopeless confusion, one bearded Arab brought a riderless horse to the front of the courtyard. The terror of the desert mounted the animal in one swift motion, and leaning far over in his saddle, he attempted to lift his child's ride onto the saddle beside him. The tarzan was a split second quicker. He grabbed the child, threw her over his shoulder, and leaped toward a window. At last as he jumped through the window and down to the cobblestone street beneath.
0: Pursue the infidel dog Kill him
5: Kill
2: him. Do not be afraid, little one If we can reach the jungle Before they can They can ride us down with their horses We'll be safe uh, The, the jungle's just ahead now If I can just reach that first tree Now then Hold tight, little one I'm going into the upper level of jungle growth Start
4: have come to a halt.
2: They can go no further. There are no paths through the section of the jungle.
4: Then, then we are safe?
2: I doubt that any of the sheikh's men can follow us through the jungle. Certainly they can never catch us here in the treetops.
4: But but we cannot remain in the treetops forever. No,
2: and that is our great problem. For sheikh Melekir will not rest until he has reclaimed this property.
4: You won't let him take me?
2: He commands hundreds and I am but one. But I will give my life if need be to keep you from him. What is your name, small one?
4: I am called Aladina.
2: Aladina? That is a curious name.
4: It is from the name Aladdin, he who possessed the magic lamp.
2: It is too bad you have no magic lamp.
4: If I had one, I would summon a genie and command that he protect us so that I could remain forever with you, Tarzan.
2: If we can outwit the sheik, perhaps you can remain with me. I should like a small daughter. Eh?
4: Alas. I know in my heart of hearts that I am doomed. That no matter how fast we run or how far, the cruel sheikh will catch me. It is in the stars.
1: In
0: just a moment, the exciting conclusion of Arab Vengeance. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
1: From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle.
2: As Tarzan traveled north, nearing his seacoast cabin, he glanced down frequently at the small girl child he held in his arms. At times, she dozed gently as he carried her through the middle level of jungle growth, and then again she awakened to stare up at him with incredibly blue and trusting eyes. Perhaps he could keep her as his daughter. Perhaps he could permanently erase the terror he'd once seen in those eyes. He traveled more slowly than usual, lest he jar her. He took wide detours to avoid animals that might frighten her. And so it was that for once Tarzan did not outdistance his enemies. Sheikh Abdul El Malik Kerr and his band of fierce Bedouins were not far behind. Ah, oh, you're awake again, Aldina.
4: I, I had a nightmare. Instead of nestling within your arms, I was being held by, by him. It was horrible. Oh
2: no, no, no. Let's let's not think of him at all.
4: But I did think of him, and the thought caused my heart to hesitate and grow weak. Why are you stopping? <laughs>
2: Because I, I suspect the real reason for your weakness stems not from your heart, but your stomach. When did you eat last?
4: Uh, I am not sure. It was before the court convened. Oh,
2: but that's more than 24 hours ago.
4: Ah. Where are you going?
2: I see a small animal up on the ground. We shall both need food.
4: You you aren't going to kill it?
2: I dislike killing animals, but it's the law of nature. Hold the trunk of the tree tightly, Aladina. I shall return in a few moments.
4: Please, Tarzan, do not kill this small animal.
5: I can't bear to see another give his life
2: for me. No, no, no! Oh. Ah, 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 ah. Now to tie Wapi's legs and toss the carcass over my shoulder. Ah. I was sorry to kill, but the child must have meat. She's so thin now
5: that you can hunt Sheik
4: and his men, they heard your cry.
2: I should not have sounded my victory cry. It came to my throat without thought. Come, Aladina, we must fly like a wind.
4: Where can we go that they will not follow?
2: My cabin is just ahead. If we can reach it before we're overtaken, we shall be safe. But Tarzan's devious path had placed him further from the cabin than the men of the Sheik. Seeming to sense his goal, they entered the small clearing that surrounded the cabin. They were a scant hundred yards from its door as Tarzan, hampered by the weight of the animal and the child, leaped from the trees and ran for the cabin's protection. The Arabs were on his heels, their arms reaching out for him, the cruel scimitars ready to wreak death. And with each step, they grew closer. But from some hidden source, new power flowed into Tarzan's limbs. He made one final desperate spurt and reached the cabin seconds before the enemy. Aladina, quick, help me by the window. You get one over there. Climb up on the desk. I
4: can do it. I can
2: There. Now, for this one.
5: Shall we turn things up to the door?
2: No, no. The timber will hold.
5: Open the door. I seek Abdul-Malikur Come
2: on, you. Your commands do not impress me. The door will not yield to your fists, nor shall I yield to your words.
5: You cannot remain within the cabin forever, cousin. And when you and my treasured bride emerge, we shall be waiting. <laughs>
4: they gone, Tarzan?
2: They've withdrawn to make camp a little distance from here.
4: How can you tell? Their
2: scent comes to me, but it is faint.
4: They must be plotting something. Perhaps they plan to burn down the cabin. Oh, no,
2: they could not draw close enough to do that, Aladina. My arrows can reach to the edge of the clearing.
4: You... you wouldn't kill them.
2: No, let's not talk about them anymore. Let's talk about you. Your father said you came from distant lands. Where is your home?
4: I... I am not sure. Ever since I can remember, we have moved from one place to the next... Moved before I got to know anyone.
2: Just you and your father?
4: Yes. My mother is dead. I don't even remember her. I was too small when she... You
2: must have got your blue eyes from her, huh?
4: My father blames her for my blue eyes and for my size. He says if I were plump and brown-eyed, like some Arab girls, he could have secured many more pieces of silver for me. Ah,
2: your father does not deserve you. You shall remain here as my daughter. I will rout the Arabs, though there be twice a hundred of them. But it will not be done in one day.
4: No, of course not.
2: And In the meantime, you must eat. It's now almost three days since a morsel has passed your lips. Come, Maradina, the meat is good.
4: Truly, I am sorry, Tarzan, but I cannot eat the flesh of an animal I saw you kill. I tried, but something swelled in my throat. I cannot eat it.
2: Would you eat fruit if I could secure it? Do you like fruit?
4: Yes, I do. But you cannot go in. Into... Oh, they
2: can never catch me. You will be safe here so long as the doors and windows remain barred. Do not open them until I've returned.
4: Tarzan? Is it Tarzan? I will open the door for no one else. Yes. Yes, Tarzan. You... You don't sound like Tarzan.
6: I am injured.
5: Injured? Injured?
6: It's clawed by a great beast. Unless you open the door at once, I shall bleed to death. Hurry, the door. It is you! You so you're no good to struggle. There. Oh. Now I have it.
5: Abu in. quick! No, no, you mustn't take me away! Your plan so to perfection,
6: Gracie. No! Truly, your brains are those of a wizard. There is no time for talk. Abu, come on. Tie the child.
2: We will take her to El Basra, where fleet camels are
6: Oh, please, she come to us.
4: I will work to repay the marriage price. Abu. Only... Keep quiet. Oh. oh, oh! No,
2: we
6: must be wary. If Arthur attempts to follow us, he must be killed. Oh, no! There's Lady, death to the infidel patter. In the jungle he is fearful. (laughs) But once we have reached the desert, neither he nor any man can bring fear to Sheikh Abdul El-Malakar. The bride I have paid for is now mine.
5: Aladina! Aladina!
2: Gone. For the first time I know real hatred in my heart... To take a child like that... The scent of man... And it's close... They've not yet gone beyond the reaches of my arrows... Ah... There... Just beyond the trees... Now if I aim carefully... No...
5: No, Tarzan... Do not shoot... It is your friend, Johan...
2: Johan... I have been traveling all day to reach you... I thought I might find you here... Are you in league with the Arabs? Of course not... What happened? I went to obtain fruit for the child... I could find none near here. I was gone too long. They managed to take her from my cabin. I, I can't imagine how. Perhaps the
6: man who claims to be her father engineered her capture. Claims to be her father? I have been investigating the case. Her father was an Arabian, a fine man, far different from Kasim, I assure you. At his death, Aladina's mother was forced to work in order to feed a child. Go on, go on, but quickly. Aladina was but an infant when Kasim came to the family where her mother left her while she worked. Kasim knew of Aladina's ancestry and persuaded the family that he was a kinsman. And then? Then permitted him to take the child. Supposedly for an hour's airing. He never brought her back. Her mother, whom I have just left in Rutendal, has pursued them for years.
2: So that is why they moved often.
6: Yes. Always a step ahead of the distraught mother. She hasn't seen Aladina since she was a baby. The Sheik and his men will reach the desert by tonight and I suppose now Aladina's mother will never see her.
2: Oh, she will see her. But I may need help, Johan.
6: The Royal Dutch Legion, masses in Grutendal, now.
2: They are at our disposal. Oh, they can guard her when we deliver Aladina there. But for now, there's no time to return there. It must be you and me against the followers of the Sheik. All that day, Tarzan and Johan Brinker traveled through the jungle. And that night, they hired camels at El Basra and continued to follow the spore of the swiftly moving Bedouins. Perhaps, as the sheik had boasted, Tarzan would have been no match for him on the desert. Had the sudden sandstorm not begun to swirl and dance across the endless plain, great masses of sand were hurled against them. Their animals staggered before the weight of the shifting mountains of dust. The wind and the sharp sand particles whipped Tarzan and Johan's faces and stung their eyes. But still, they kept on, heads lowered, jaws set in grim determination.
6: Tarzan, I know how determined you are! But certainly no one can keep going in the storm We'll keep going But even Arabs
2: make camp in such a wind That's what I'm counting on Arabs stretch their canvas so that the sand will pile up against it and form a protection yeah, That's right They gather their camels into a circle Johan, you can hold our camels while I stampede theirs Then I can round the embankment of sand that protects the sheik and his men without being seen until the last moment It's a foolhardy move Yes, so foolhardy no one could be expected to make it That's why it has a chance of succeeding
6: Johan, look That
2: camp ahead.
5: Uh, You're right. The bank was set. The camels in the circle. Hold our
2: camels as best you can in this wind.
5: Good luck, cousin! Yeah. Oh. Ah, ah.
2: Ah. Now we shall head for Gruttendal and for Aladina's future Well, Aladina, the city of Gruttendal lies
6: ahead
4: The city And my mother I, I guess I can't be your daughter after all
6: Are you still determined to leave us here, Tarzan? Yes,
2: Johan. The Sheik and his men, if they live, are still searching for their camels. And in Grutendal, Aladina will be protected by your Royal Dutch Legion.
3: I... I
4: shall miss you, Tarzan.
2: And I shall miss you, little Aladina. But maybe someday, like Aladdin, from whom you got your name, you shall secure a magic lamp. And when you rub it, perhaps I shall appear instead of a genie. (laughs) We shall return with a few words about our next
6: exciting story of Tarzan.
2: A potentate with thousands of fanatical followers, a son trained to rule with the same relentless will as his father, experts skilled in the art of torture, a snarling pack of panthers trained by man to hunt for man. These are the elements that go to make up Tarzan in
1: captivity our next thrilling story of the Lord of the Jungle. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production.
0: episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward/silverage Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same Bat station for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio theater. Excelsior. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
1: From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs. Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Tarzan in captivity.
2: Tarzan had left the city of Brutendal several days before. He had traveled both night and day, anxious to be in his jungle once again. And now, his goal reached, he rested in the crotch of a tree, slept as peacefully as you or I might sleep on a feather bed. He was completely relaxed because he was confident that, even in sleep, his sensitive nostrils would catch the scent of an approaching enemy. His acute hearing warned him of the coming of man or beast. And yet Tarzan did not stir as the gray-bearded Arab walked noiselessly along the jungle path, climbed the tree where Tarzan rested, and crouched on a nearby branch, looking at the jungle man curiously. Allah grants such sleep only to the innocent. What? Who are you? What do you want? You need not reach for your knife, Tarzan. Had I meant you harm, I would not have delayed my act until you awakened. Yes, I suppose that's true. Dale is my witness, it is true. The wise need not mask their words in falsehoods when truth conquers citadels. Your words are as strange to me as your actions. Perhaps it's because I'm confused. Never before has anyone approached me without giving some hint of his coming. I heard no sound. I I caught no scent. In every age there lives one who surmounts the obstacles of the seven senses. The seven senses? You speak in the most fantastic riddles. But all riddles have answers, if we know where
6: to find them. The answers to those now uppermost in your mind lie with me. You heard me not because I made no sound. You failed to catch my scent because I did not imbue the air with one. Who are you? I am the Grand Wazir of the Caliph of Caradan. You have heard of the Caliph, my master?
2: Very little for... For as I understand it, his province is surrounded by a wall so high no one can scale it, and no one passes through its gate without his bidding. And now you are bid to enter this kingdom. You are invited to be the guest of the spiritual and civil leader of tens of thousands of people. The Caliph is inviting me to be his guest? Why? One does not question the motives of our potentate. Perhaps it was rude of me. Thank your master for me, if you will. Tell him I have just returned to my jungle, perhaps in a few months. The invitation is for now. Where you say invitation, it sounds like command. The lord of the jungle may make his own interpretation of my word. I have done so. And whether I am invited or commanded to come to Haradan, the answer is still the same. I am not leaving my jungle home at the moment.
6: Tarzan, as a good servant of the Caliph, I attempted to use whatever graciousness Allah has bestowed upon me to persuade you to return. Since my humble efforts have failed, I shall have to take other measures to ensure your appearance in our capital.
2: <laughs> you, you intend taking me there by force?
6: I am the Grand Wazir. A wizard, huh? Eh? The term cannot be so easily translated. As I have learned the secrets of moving noiselessly through your jungle, of erasing every vestige of my body's scent, so have I mastered other secrets of nature. (laughs) No, no. I shall not have to exert force, at least not my physical force.
1: In
2: just a moment, we shall return to our story of Tarzan in Captivity. The Grand Wazir disappeared as silently as he had come, seeming to melt into the darkest regions of the primordial jungle. Tarzan did not know fear in its ordinary sense, but his brow was furrowed and his thoughts still remained with the emissary of the Caliph as he made his way cautiously through the jungle. And even as his thoughts conjured possible dangers from the wazir, a sleek, powerful black panther came toward him. But as it sprang, Tarzan turned, twisted from its path, pulled his great hunting knife from its sheath. The beast was a clawing, spitting fury of destruction as it lunged at Tarzan's throat. But Tarzan moved a split second before the cruel fangs could find their mark. And with one great stroke, his knife plunged deep into the flesh beneath a shiny black fur. Ah! Another Black Panther. And
5: another. And shoot. a whole pack of them. But
2: this is mad. Black Panthers in this district. A, a pack of them. They don't travel. In fact
5: Haja! Pa- the Grand Wazir.
2: Ah, it's well that I am here. And that these Black Panthers do my bidding. Another moment and you would have gone to your maker. That is true. Until you spoke they were snarling messengers of death, but now they stand like household pets. And yet with another word I can have them rend you limb from limb. Now do you return with me to Caradan? I. I seem to have no choice. Take me to your (laughs) caliph. Perhaps I should have accepted your first invitation, Grand Wazir. I have never seen such splendor. It's something to remember. These halls are of marble, brought over 8,000 miles for the Caliph's palace. The walls of the throne room are
6: encrusted with more jewels than you could find in the earth.
2: were you to have a thousand miners dig for a thousand years. Are we on our way to the throne room now? No. The Caliph has no desire to have his emirs, viceroys, or grandees of the realm learn of his business with you. We are invited to his chambers. Invited? You, you still have a strange concept of the meaning of that word. This is the entrance to the
6: Caliph's chambers. Tarzan, I would humbly offer you a bit of advice. Do not anger the Caliph. Do not, for example, depreciate his invitation. You have your choice of being treated as an honored guest or as a slave. During the few hours I have been
2: here, I have seen how your slaves are treated. You witnessed but a few lashes of chastisement.
6: There are more uh, serious punishments for more serious crimes. This is the door to the Caliph's sanctum. The Grand Wazir? It is indeed the Grand Wazir, Your Excellency.
5: Enter, enter.
6: Favored son of Allah, I bring before you the mighty monarch of the jungle. He comes into your presence. Now, now,
2: we have no need for such ceremony between friends. Welcome, Tarzan. I am extraordinarily happy that you have consented to come to Haradan. I am happy to be here. I desire to learn more of the people who can train Sheeta the panther to do their bidding. Oh, uh, you uh, refer to the extraordinary pets of the Grand Vizier. They are dangerous animals, despite his training. I do not like having them about.
6: Their presence in the courtyard surrounding the palace is most useful. It keeps those who should not enter
2: on the outside, and those who should not leave within. It must be a pretty sight to see your pets prevent the escape of a guest.
6: (laughs) Uh, The wazir
2: is filled with an extraordinary sense of the dramatic. The panthers are kept
6: caged, except at night. During the day, there is no need for them. Not with an entire company of fierce Senegalese, whose chief delight is in the use of their bayonets.
2: Uh, You may save yourself the trouble of going into further particulars about your means of protection. I, uh... I am quite confident no one could gain access to the palace without consent or leave without permission. Tarzan, we have had quite enough of this discussion. It is my desire to make you so extraordinarily happy here that you will have no desire to leave. My greatest joy will be to heap riches upon you, to shower you with the treasures of my realm.
6: If you do the bidding of His Excellency.
2: Really, my faithful court, I am afraid I cannot conduct a normal conversation with Tarzan in your presence.
6: Your Excellency wishes me to leave? No.
2: I shall discuss my business with Tarzan later. I am now extraordinarily tired, and surely Tarzan must be weary from his long trip. With Your Excellency's permission, I would discuss this business for which I have been brought here now. I realize your impatience, Tarzan, but I desire to delay our conversation until another can be present. I know you will take my word that that is best. All right, we shall wait then. Thank you. Tarzan, I am sure that our hearts are attuned. Allah has sent you to me as a brother... He has provided me with a man to whom I can bear my soul. You will be the instrument through which I can accomplish my great purpose. Mihil Maktoub. It is written thus. Mihil Maktoub. It is written thus. Strange, enigmatic words that meant everything and nothing. What business was there to be transacted between Tarzan and the Caliph of Caradan? How was Tarzan to serve as the instrument through which the Caliph was to accomplish some great purpose? The questions crowded Tarzan's mind as the Grand Wazir guided him through the endless corridors of the extravagant palace, by a hundred gold-encrusted doors, past a score of watchful sentries, through an exquisite inner garden, and to the gates of a special wing of the palace, a section of the ornate structure even more luxurious than the rest, if such a thing were possible.
6: Your quarters are here, Tarzan. Slaves will do everything possible to make you comfortable.
2: At least my legs will not become cramped in these quarters. I think this wing must be as large as the village of the Punyas. All of this is for my use. Oh, no. There are other guests in this wing. You see, our diplomatic visitors
6: are quartered in the Jade Wing. Those we invite here for matters of trade relations are housed in the Pearl Wing. This section is kept for our permanent guests. Permanent? I shall leave you here. The slaves have been instructed to do your bidding. The Caliph will let you know when he desires to communicate with you. But how will I know where to find...
4: I shall be happy to lead you to your chambers. What? This great hall leads to the sleeping rooms of those of us who reside here. And also to the drawing rooms and libraries and other facilities the Caliph provides for us.
2: I see. Then you are a guest also?
4: Yes. I am Maida. You thought me a slave girl.
2: Well, your clothes...
4: I have long since adopted the clothing of the harem. They are more comfortable, and they seem to blend more naturally with the surroundings. I have been a guest here for almost 20 years. For 20 years?
2: But you seem scarcely more than 20 years of age now.
4: I was but a child when I came here, at the Caliph's invitation. My father was the ruler of a small province near here, and protocol demanded that the invitation be accepted. Of course. While I was here... A revolution broke out in my country. My father was killed. I'm sorry. Perhaps the revolution was not instigated by the Caliph. But he did not desire that I should return to my people. For he was anxious to annex my country to his.
2: And if you returned, your people might have elected you, ruler?
4: Women do not rule in this land. But they sometimes have influence. Only, were I to return now, what could I tell them? Nothing. Save that I had been treated as a daughter... That the Caliph has showered me with gifts. That every desire has been satisfied almost before the wish found voice.
2: I see. And and what about the other guests here?
4: A scientist who parted with many wonderful secrets. And was rewarded richly. But cannot be permitted to leave. Lest he also tell his secret to others.
2: Some of the Grand Wazir's information comes from him then.
4: They meet often. Also the Wazir has many conferences with the others the architect whose genius must design buildings for the Caliph alone. The goldsmith, the lapidary, the gunsmith, the others.
2: But I am not an artisan. What, What can he want with me?
4: I do not know. But I know this. Regardless of what the Caliph tells you, regardless of how charming he is to you, he will never permit your departure. Even after you have served his purpose, it is his inflexible rule. And... Should you refuse to serve him?
2: Yes. What if I should refuse to do what he asks?
4: I have been here 20 years. Many nights have I been sleepless, kept awake by the screams. And many days have been filled with the horror I have seen in the courtyard below. The screams, the the anguished cries of torment came from those who refused the bidding of the Caliph of Caradan. (laughs)
2: In just a moment, we shall learn of the chaos plans for Tarzan.
5: Behold,
3: my
5: process.
3: Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here,
5: aha. Uh-huh.
0: It's the loop great subscription box, yeah. With an exclusive loop on surprises and to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha. From the original Loot Crate,
3: the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming
0: video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Loot Crate box. What's with today, huh? Are tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media.
1: From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle.
2: Although Tarzan much preferred to eat the meat of freshly killed game and to drink water from a swiftly flowing jungle stream, he could not help but admit that the repast served to him in the wing of permanent guests was a delicious one. An assortment of the Orient's richest delicacies and most delicate ambrosias. And the company was equally delightful. Skilled artisans, painters, musicians, scientists, masters of everything, save their own fate. And when dinner was over, Tarzan was escorted to the Caliph's sanctum once more, there to learn his fate. Pray be seated, Tarzan. I wasn't sure I was permitted to sit in your presence. Oh, you are as yet a stranger here. We shall not be stirred about matters of custom until you are used to us. Thank you for your leniency. For your future guidance, however, I might point out that there, you must be seated at once when I am seated. And should I recline, you must recline. Never must your head be higher than that of the Caliph. My height makes that difficult. You will incline your head to compensate for the extraordinary difference in our stature. Oh, 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 Not now. There is time for such formal behavior later. Now, I would talk to you as a brother. I certainly have no desire to delay our talk, but you did say something about waiting until someone else could be present. My Ibn will be present shortly. Ibn? I'm, I'm sorry. My knowledge of Arabic is very limited. Oh, a thousand pardons. Ibn means son. The Amir of Karadan will present himself when the time comes. Amir? Uh, that means prince? Precisely. And it is of the Amir that I would speak to you. It is for him that I have called you from your jungle. I do not understand. Oh, you will. It will be an extraordinarily clear to you in a moment. I hope so. When you entered my province, you observed a great wall. So high that no one, uh, not even the lord of the jungle, can scale it? I saw the wall. For many generations it has kept us secluded, alone, free from foreign influences, away from the... ...contamination of other peoples. Yes. But we are living in a different world. No longer can my people stay apart from others. No longer can the world serve as an effective barrier against progress. Soon, my people will intermarry with others. Their ideas will become ours. Their customs will intermingle with those of Haradan. But what has this to do with the Amir and me? I was raised in the old manner. My speech is that of another age... Because I was a prince, I could not learn to play as other boys. I could not attend school. I could not learn the ways of the outside world. My son must be raised differently. But you surely don't think of me as a teacher. and extraordinary teacher. I did much research concerning you. I've ascertained that you accepted every form of
6: athletics. I've ascertained that you speak a dozen languages, that you have knowledge of many subjects. I want you to train the Amir so that he can be prepared to face a modern world.
2: But I am not a teacher. There are many tutors you could engage My would...
6: son will be taught
2: by no spectacle-wearing, mincing school teacher. He shall be taught the ways of man by a man. I, the Caliph of Haradan, have spoken. I see. I pull the silken cord that will bring my son here. Of course, it is your privilege to turn down this assignment if you are not made happy by my request. I am free to refuse your request. But, of course, it would give you extraordinary pleasure, were you to accept.
5: No, my a Prince! No, do not strike me again! off! I do not repeat your offense, that's slave!
3: My
2: son, something has caused you annoyance?
3: That's slave girl. She failed to catch the eyes to the ground as I passed. She will not repeat the offense, I can promise you that.
2: It is well. Amir, come close to this stranger in our midst. He is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle.
3: You are a member of nobility?
2: My subjects number thousands of savages and tens of thousands of animals.
3: Ah, then you hold a position that entitles you to speak to me without kneeling.
2: Thank you for the privilege.
3: I do not permit most people to converse with me, except through an intermediary who holds noble rank.
6: Beloved son, I have been persuading Tarzan to accept the role of your tutor.
2: Wouldst thou be pleased with him as a guide to the workings of the modern world?
3: Could he make me strong, like he is strong? He could. And I will accept his teachings. I desire greater strength in the wielding of my whip.
2: Tarzan, now that you have met the Amir, will you accept your assignment? There are many things I should like to teach the noble prince. I do accept.
4: change in anyone in my life, Tarzan. What have you done to the prince?
2: I have attempted to teach him humility, sympathy, and understanding of a few new values.
4: And he looks so different. Why, during the few months you have been here, he must have grown inches. Now,
2: more important than that, I've tried to instill in him the idea that the stronger one is, the more restraint one must show in the display of strength.
4: It is a lesson his father might well learn.
2: <laughs> it's too late to teach the caliph, I'm afraid, but perhaps the lessons may help his son to exist in a modern world.
4: What is the modern world like, Tarzan? What kind of clothing do women wear? What are the latest fashions and carriages? And is it true that now people can speak to one another at some distance by means of some invention?
2: But surely the scientists here have told you of the outer world.
4: One finds it hard to believe stories that might as well be fairy tales told to children.
2: Mita, I have about completed my mission here, and when it is complete I shall be a, a permanent guest who proves most impermanent. If I can, I shall free you.
1: Also.
3: Please, Tyson, can we not enjoy one more series of exercise? Ah,
2: the mind must be developed too, I'm here. Oh. Here is a slave with some cool drinks. We will enjoy them during our French
3: lesson.
1: I bow low and proper sweet ambrosia noble. I'm your favorite son of
3: Allah. Right, slave. In the modern world, one does not bow before another. But thank you very much for having brought the refreshments. Blessings upon thee, noble prince. Did Did I speak well, Tyson?
2: You spoke like a real prince among men. But you must learn to speak so in many tongues, for someday you will travel. Now, the lesson... Voulez-vous me dire quelque chose de la fête du 14 juillet
3: Eh bien, c'est la fête nationale ou commemoration de la Bastille.
2: Very good, very good.
3: Tarzan, tell me, what is Bastille Day Really, I mean, the thought has been preying on my mind.
2: Yes, and well it might. For in every land there comes a time when the subjects of an autocratic ruler turn to revolution. On Bastille Day, on July 14th, 1789, the French threw off the yoke of their ruler. A few years earlier, in 1776, America had escaped from England's tyranny. This was the birth of democracy. Something that is not known here.
6: But, Your Excellency, Tarzan's presence threatens our very way of life. Perhaps you exaggerate, Grand Oisille. But I have heard these things with my own ears. Were the Amir to succeed to your throne, he might well do away with our form of government. Extraordinary, extraordinary. Hmm. Obviously, something must be done about Tarzan.
4: I heard them, Tarzan. By morning, they will come to the wing of permanent guests. A dozen slaves will pounce upon you as you sleep. You'll be dragged to the dungeons.
2: It is time for me to leave now anyway, Mida. My real purpose has been accomplished.
4: But the sentries and the panthers...
2: I shall have to take my chances. Do you wish to brave death for liberty?
4: No. I am not afraid of death. But... I am unprepared for the world outside. I shall wait here and hope that the seeds you have planted in Amir will someday bear fruit.
2: Goodbye then, Mida. Perhaps I shall be the first permanent guest to make his escape. And perhaps not. (laughs) Tarzan moved softly along the marble corridors. He slid quietly through the many gold-encrusted doors. He leaped across the moat surrounding the palace and managed miraculously to avoid both the sentries and the panthers. But the great obstacle was yet to be overcome, the high wall that surrounded the city. Mile after mile, Tarzan searched for some spot that might be scaled, but he could find none. And then suddenly, almost directly at his side, a section of the wall swung open.
3: Here.
2: Amir, what is this? How
4: did you get here?
3: Part of the Great Wall is hollow, and it is connected with the palace by an underground passageway. But how did you know that I. You I'm... must hurry. You can reach the jungle through this opening. The Grand Wazir has learned of your departure. Unless you pass through the wall here, you will stand little chance. Hurry, please, and Allah be with you.
2: Goodbye, Amir. And may you someday rule with the love and affection of your people.
3: Goodbye, Tyson.
2: You did well, my son. Tarzan don't even suspect I had anything to do with his escape. Do
3: you think the Grand Wazir may yet cause Tarzan trouble?
2: (laughs) It will be some time before the Wazir escapes from the cell he himself designed for those who must be kept in captivity. Tarzan will be safe in his jungle.
3: I shall miss
2: him. And likewise shall I. Tarzan is truly an extraordinary person. Yes, extraordinary. Ah! We shall return in just a moment with a word about the next exciting story of Tarzan. Fifteen degrees north of the equator, in the heart of the Anglo-Egyptian Sudan, the Blue Nile and the White Nile meet, forming a narrow hook of land strangely shaped like an elephant's trunk. The city that lies there has been given the Arabic name for elephant's trunk: Khartoum. And it is from Khartoum that many, many safaris have started in quest of the now almost forgotten
1: Gold of the Sudan. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production.
0: Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media.
1: From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now, in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Gold of the Sudan.
2: Fifteen degrees north of the equator, in the heart of the Anglo-Egyptian Sudan, the White Nile and the Blue Nile flow together. And where they meet, they form a narrow hook of land that resembles an elephant's trunk in shape. The picturesque city that stands there has been named for the Arabic word meaning elephant's trunk, Khartoum. Khartoum is an attractive city, but there's nothing attractive about its jail. Even in the bright heat of midday, it was cold and sinister as the turnkey walked down the cell block and opened the door to a clammy, barren dungeon. Ah. You there. Huh? You've got a visitor you have. (laughs) Oh, no, there's no one here to see me. There is. There's someone has got the records in a mess. The name's Alexis Verenited. Ja? Sure. Ja, sure, I'm Alexis sorry. Well, then, come along with me. I've got other things to do, so i like sticking you to the visitor's room, I have. There. Someone to see me. At last. Who? Who is it? Well, it so happens I forgot to ask him for his calling card. I just told the gent to have a seat, and i go and see if His Excellency was receiving callers today. What did he look like? He ain't a pretty good looking customer, I can tell you that. Not that you're any beauty with that six month growth of beard and those rags. Well, go on in. I'll let you know when your time's up. Cooler, you have come to get me out. Sit down, Alexis. We can talk through this opening here. Uh-huh. The, the offense for small and the fine is practically nothing. You'll get me out soon? Huh? Perhaps. Provided you are willing to work to repay the amount I lay out for your fine. Oh, I will. I'll do anything Kola. Good. So long as you agree to do anything, I shall pay the assessment at once. I'll give you a day or two to rest to clean up and buy clothes suitable for the jungle. The jungle? Then we will purchase the supplies required for a safari and head for the interior. No. No, don't ask me to go into the jungle. Many enemies have I faced and eradicated in my time, but I am afraid of Tarzan. Afraid? Often he has caught me breaking the laws of the jungle, and always he has permitted me to escape. But last time he warned me that... No, Cola, no, anything but the jungle. Goodbye, Alexis. I'll send you a few cigarettes sometime, if I remember. No! No, don't go away and leave me here. Cola, Cola, come back. Well... Will you come into the jungle? Yeah. Yeah, I will do anything only. Don't leave me in jail. Anything. Good. I came to you because you know the jungle well. You do not possess too many scruples. So, what will we be searching for in the jungle? Gold.
6: <laughs> yeah, I just came to the right man. You know, I'm an engineer by training. If we do not have any interference from Tarzan, I should have no as trouble. So
2: with... far as Tarzan is concerned, we will go well equipped to handle any lord of the jungle. As far as your engineering skill goes, you will not need it. What? Not need a knowledge of engineering to mine gold? The gold I seek was mined many, many years ago. It is in the hands of natives. So, natives with a large quantity of gold. That's strange? Stranger still is the legend connected with the gold of the (laughs) Sulan. No. To secure this gold, we will not need mining equipment. Only guns and methods of forcing men to talk. (laughs) In just a moment, we will transport you back to Africa and the gold of the Sudan. (music) Months passed, and Kola and Varen plunged deep into the jungle, intent on finding the gold of the Sudan. Their coming brought trouble to the Sudanese, but no report of their activities had reached Tarzan, whose seacoast cabin was more than 1,500 miles away. Relaxing after many dangerous adventures, he was enjoying the lagoon near his favorite retreat. He dove into the water like some great sea god of His muscles rippled as his powerful strokes propelled him across the pool. And for the first time in many moons, his laughter rang with the sheer joy of being alive.
5: <laughs> Tarzan! I say, Tarzan! Captain Lawrence! Tarzan, swim over this
2: way. I want to talk to you. Come on in. We can talk here. I can't swim. Of course you can't. You're on dry land.
5: Well, that isn't what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you were poking fun at me. Come, I'll give you a hand up. (laughs) <laughs> oh,
2: thank you, Captain Lawrence. I never would have managed to scale that rock without your help. I do. I've never seen you in better spirits. <laughs> now, it uh, seems a shame to ask you to leave your pleasant little retreat here, Tarzan, but the fact of the matter is I need help again. And what is it this time, Captain Lawrence? Kidnapping in the Sudan. All of it within a clearly defined radius about Khartoum. Yes, I'll show you on this map. Organized kidnapping in a fixed radius? That seems peculiar. Huh. Here's where the first case occurred, near Sendi. The next report uh, concerning a kidnapping was from Kassala, just south of there. Uh, right here. Can you see? No, I'm afraid I'm getting the map a little wet. If you'll wait until oh, I... Oh, drive... ...concerning a kidnapping was from Kassala. From Kassala. They evidently circled southwest for the next abduction took place here, in Wadnadoni. Why do you use the terms kidnapping and abducting? Surely this must be the work of slave raiders. No, hardly that. They've taken only one man at a time one man from each tribe. Well, perhaps they merely select the strongest young man from each group. Now, that's what has me completely baffled. You see, every one of those taken has been over 45. 45 years of age? Yes. But they would bring little in the slave markets. This is the most puzzling thing I've ever heard of. But there must be an answer. Of course there is. And we can only find it in the Sudan. journey to the heart of the Sedan was long and dangerous, for over half of French Equatorial Africa had to be traversed, and ferocious animals, always in quest of food, often tested the strength and courage of Tarzan and Captain Lawrence. But at last, the travelers reached the village of the Urbani tribe, the scene of the last of the... Well, no, seem to be holding we? They're wearing devil masks. That means real trouble.
5: Mawanangwa!
2: I say, is it all right to interrupt the meeting? This is the only time we can interrupt it. Within a few hours, the frenzy of their dancing and their singing will carry them to such a fever pitch that no stranger would dare approach their fire. Do you know that, Chief? I came here once many years ago. Unless their preparations for war have already blotted out their reason, we shall be safe. Mawanangwa!
5: Pass! Pass!
2: Who up for trial? I am Tarzan. Do you not remember me? Tarzan. Yes. Yes. Me remember. Who are the white men? Now, this is Captain Lawrence of the governmental police. Huh? We've come to find those who have taken a man of your tribe. To bring the captive back if he still lives and, and to punish those who captured him. Oh, what are you back now? We'll you punish white men who torture him. They tortured him and then returned him to your village? No. he escaped May we talk to him? Yes, perhaps he can give us some information. Now he talk only in sign language of tribes. So? Come back weak, sick, frightened. White men die when men or Barney tribe catch them. Have you any idea who they were? In sign language, men may capture tell names, but not clear. Names sound like Kole and Faro. One of them could be the man who was released from the prison in Khartoum a few months ago. His name sounded a little like uh, Barrow. Let's see now. Barron, that's it. Alexis Varen? Why, yes. His first name was Alexis. You know him? Our paths have crossed many times. He's a cruel and ruthless killer who would stop at nothing. Yes, this sounds like his work. We get him. No, no, this is a matter for the governmental police. I know how you feel. But the time has passed when native tribes can take the law in their own hands. Chief, how long is it since the man they tortured returned to your village? Mm, a few hours. Then we can follow the trail he made on his return. It will take us to the place where they committed their atrocities. <laughs> but what guarantee will we have that they'll still be there? There is no guarantee, nor is there one governing the actions of the Obani tribe. Mm. However, if we reach Varan first, we may be able to prevent him from torturing other natives. Well, I hope so. Just as the natives crave revenge, so do I crave to see justice enacted in the case of Alexis Verin. Well, Captain Lawrence, this is where the trail ends. Hmm. In a canyon of solid rock? They could hardly have had their headquarters here. It must be near here. Every animal we pass marked the trail of the tortured warrior. The animals walked the path? Every place he walked, he left the scent of blood. Yes, the place where they tortured him must be close by here. Tarzan, what in the world are you doing? Looking for a bit of solid stone that is not solid. Ah. Here's what I've been looking for. It's a cave. Right behind this big rock. There must be. Just a minute, I'll help you. I can make it. Ah, there. Well looks like quite a big cave. Yes, and someone's been living here very recently. See, the ashes in the fireplace are still warm. Hmm. Bedding, cooking utensils, some old magazines. Could we open that rock any further so we can let in some more light? Here's an old kerosene lamp. Do you have a match? No, I don't. Here, I'll light the lamp. Hmm. There you are. Yes, Alexis Varin's been here all right. Here's a knapsack with his name on it. And well, I'm more interested in this old magazine here Adventure Monthly. Hmm. Why? It's over 20 years old. Why in the world should they want to carry along a magazine of that age? Ah, I thought so. Here's a page that's been dog-eared. You're not going to take time now to read a 20-year-old magazine article. Uh, it's just a short paragraph, Arsene. I think you'll be interested. All right, go ahead. Uh, during the First World War, large quantities of cattle and foodstuffs were purchased from the Sudanese by the Allies. Payment being made with thousands of pounds of gold. The only form of payment the natives would accept during the First World War. The gold was taken into the interior, and to date it has never been deposited in any of the world's banks. Perhaps the natives buried it. Only men 45 years old or more would have any remembrance of those times. At any rate, it has never been found. Perhaps someday. Well, I guess that answers a few things, doesn't it? Oh, it's incredible that people should be so blind. Blind? What do you mean? Well, I suppose when you start to think that some still search for Captain Kidd's treasures. Judges... Come and the cave.
5: Oh, quick, cousin. No, oh. uh. uh. I, I can't move it.
2: But you moved the rock when we came in. It took all of my strength. And now they've piled many other rocks on top of the big one. They can lift the rocks one at a time, but I have to move them all at once. Uh. Here, I'll see what I can do.
5: Together now. Uh. Uh. No, it's
2: no use. And they're still piling other rocks on. You will
5: not make your escape, Tarzan. Baron. Yes,
2: Barry. your old friend. Look, Baron. in the past I have held you captive and let you go. I shall not be so foolish. You search for the gold of the Sudan, the gold that was earned by the natives during the First World War. Isn't that right? Perhaps. You can't hurt us now, Valen. Yeah, that's what we search for. If I were to tell you where it is, would you set us free? Tarzan you know where it is? I do. The chief who received the money once told me where it is. Then tell us, and we will set you free. The gold is in the earth, in the northern part of the Coacha Valley, near the village of the Urbani people. (laughs) Thank you, Tarzan. Thank you, and goodbye. Tarzan, I, I can't understand you. Oh, they swallowed that fish story, all right, but just as you might have expected, they'd gone off and left us. What now? I don't know. But make no mistake about a fish story, Captain. What I told them concerning the location of the wealth they seek was true. In just a moment, we shall return with a solution of the mystery of the gold of the Sudan.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media.
1: From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle.
2: Left alone in the cave, Tarzan and Captain Lawrence extinguished the kerosene lamp, but the supply of oxygen was meager, and even the tiny amount consumed by the flame might mean the difference between life and death. The air robbed of its oxygen was becoming unbearable. So far, Tarzan had not been too greatly affected, but Captain Lawrence was having great trouble breathing. <coughs> I guess I figured it wrong. I thought when I directed Vernon and his companion to the Orbani country that the Urbani's would realize they were in trouble and they'd follow our spore. <laughs> I'm sorry to say this, Tarzan, but this time you guessed wrong all the way. Getting us into this fix and telling the scoundrels where the gold is buried. Yes, in a jungle, even one error is often fatal. But we're not dead yet. I'm, I'm having difficulty breathing. I, I don't think I can stand this long. And it's time to take a chance. It will mean escape or an even more violent death. How many cartridges in your belt? Uh, it's full, but what in the name of heaven... Hand me the belt. I'm i it out, can you? Yes, sir. I have it. I've lost my bearings. I'm not even sure where the entrance to the cave is. i have to feel... Oh, there it is. I say, are you pounding on those cartridges? I have to if I want to get the gunpowder out. Captain, get down on your hands and knees and feel about for the kerosene lamp. All right, huh? And if you keep pounding on those shells... Oh, no well, we haven't much to lose. But I'm not sure what you're about... I'm making a pile of the gunpowder at the base of the rock that blocks the entrance. When I set it off, the blast will travel in one of two ways. Out or in. Oh, here, are. I found the lantern. Oh, pull the wick out and hand it to me now, will you? I don't. We'll either make our escape or we'll bring a mountain down upon our heads. Oh, here's the wick. It's pretty wet. <coughs> the smell of kerosene isn't helping me already. Where are you? Right here. Right here. I have it. Now, a mesh, huh. Here you are. Turn to the wall and cover your face with your hands. Even if the blast goes well, we'll have plenty of flying fragments. You ready? Yes. Uh, the wick's burning. flame has about an inch to travel yet. About half an inch now. It's about... Feeling all right, Captain? Huh. A lot better than I did inside that cave, I can tell you that. Well, I'm sorry I've made you travel so far and so fast since our escape, but we have to reach the Kawacha Valley before Varin and the other one tire of digging for gold. Where is this Kawacha Valley? I've never heard of it. You said it was near the Urbani village, but we passed the crawl a good half hour ago. Now, we're practically there. Just around this bend, you'll see the native's hidden valley of Kawacha. And I think it will surprise you. Ah, here we are. Just beyond this rock is the Tarzan. Tarzan, this is amazing. A great concrete dam, locks, an irrigation system, broad fields of growing foodstuffs, but. But there is no record of such a project in the official files of Khartoum. Up to the ground, <laughs> throwing <laughs> firing arrows at us.
5: Here, white men! True arrows, Straight men of Ulfani!
2: Hold your arrows, Bowen <laughs> Yanawas. Right. We are friends. It's Tarzan! Captain Lawrence! Well, shoot shoots out. Think you other white men who destroy our valley. And they are here. They dig big holes all over. We attack, but they use big thunder sticks, shoot many balls of fire one time. Machine guns. If I ever get my hands on them... Look, I... look. They're up there on the top of our locks. But uh, I can't make out anything. There, silhouetted against the sun. Two figures. Look. look. Now they dig hole in Locks. They are yes, and if they break through the locks, this whole valley will be a torrent of water. Mm, work all year swept away. We can't attack them from the valley. We'd be like a row of clay pigeons if they had machine guns. We circle back through jungle. Come from behind them. Yeah, it will take you an hour to reach there that way. Well, perhaps that would be best. Go ahead, Maunongwa. Take your men through the jungle. Captain Lawrence, maybe you'd better go with them. And you. I'm going straight across the valley. I'll take my chances scaling the dam and climbing up to the locks above. As the natives, led by Captain Lawrence and their chief, disappeared into the heavy jungle that surrounded the fertile valley, Tarzan made his way across the abundant fields. Undetected by the men who still pursued their relentless search for the gold of the Sudan, he reached the base of the dam and began to climb upwards to the locks that restrained the vast reservoir of water. Now it was a race against time. Tarzan had to reach Farron and Kola before they saw him, and before their spades and pickaxes brought destruction down upon the secret valley of Kawacha. Now Tarzan drew near, but the men were intent on their digging, and Tarzan's light footsteps were blunted out by the sound of their tools.
5: Cooler, look, Tarzan! Yes, Baron, it is Tarzan! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cooler, cooler, help me! And get the uh-huh.
6: machine gun! Uh-huh. No, don't use the gun,
5: you me! Attack him from behind! Put his hands away uh-huh. from my throat! Uh-huh. No, don't hit him. Choose your boots. Kick him. Let's pull his arms off. I have one arm. I have the other. Now, over the side. Pull him over the edge of the back. No,
2: no. No, you won't. get away away with uh... this. You can't. Uh,
5: Over the edge. Uh, He's
2: slipping. I beat. I'm slipping. Uh,
5: I, I can't get a grip. Uh, I... Oh! Uh,
2: uh, uh. Well, that finishes up. Uh, the lord of the jungle. No. He's grabbed onto a small ledge below us almost straight down. So? Uh, cooler with a machine gun. Yeah, it's a difficult shot. He's flat against the wall.
6: I think my hatred will give me accuracy. The gun cooler.
2: Here, here. Aim carefully. If he gets away this time, I have a feeling. You missed him. Yeah. Yeah,
6: but I struck the concrete only a few feet away from him. And this time, I can compensate off! the The natives! Yeah, they are coming at us. A machine gun, Baron. Turn it on me. I'm a
2: natives, Baron. It's...
5: It's changed. A hand for your life. Captain, in a it. Oh, what? Stop.
2: Thoracin hangs on legs below. for well, you're right. Tosin, we're here. We'll save you. Have no rope though But we must do something. Captain Lawrence, you hold Mawanangwa feet. He hold Zinga's feet. Zinga hold Mauda's feet. Make human rope to save Lord of Younger. Huh? <laughs> And so the human ladder was lowered to save Tarzan from the perilous ledge, for now even his arms ached from the weight of his great body, and the rough concrete had bitten deeply into his hands. The ladder of men swung over the yawning chasm like a giant pendulum it dangled in thin air. Finally, the fingers of the last native clutched those of Tarzan and then began the grueling task of raising the combined weight of all the men. Sweat glistened on strong black arms, muscles ached, but at last the human ladder was raised to safety. <laughs> Captain Lawrence, No and Men of Urbani, you will never know my gratitude. As so though all of us didn't know you far more. We follow, Varin, Other men? No, not yet. Unless you hurry to mend that place where they dug for gold, all of our activities will have been wasted. We go work now, save our valley from flood. Come, we get tools, cement, mixer. Well, Tarzan, I think it's time for a little explaining. There's really little to explain. This valley represents the wealth and the labor of the natives. They've always mistrusted white men, so when they used the gold they'd earned during the First World War to build this experimental agricultural center in the jungle, they worked with secrecy. It took many years, but at last the gold was spent and the dam was completed. But you told Baron and Kohler that the gold was buried. What What I said was that the gold was in the earth. And so it is. Planted in long, straight rows of grain and cotton and peanut plants and other foods. A guarantee for the future. More important than any metal in the world. This is now the gold of the Sudan. (laughs) In just a moment, a preview of our next exciting story of Tarzan. Tarzan has no desire to attend the wedding of the Oriental Potentate, but a refusal from the Lord of the Jungle may cause much trouble. So, arrayed in unaccustomed splendor, mounted on a richly adorned elephant, Tarzan rides to the exotic city of Omnumara, rides into a maelstrom of trouble, adventure, and intrigue in
1: our next story, Stolen Jewels. Tarzan, a transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser with original music by Albert Lesser. This is a Commodore production.